Back at the beginning of Learn to Study, I'm sure I talked about this in one way or another, that study is not about your personality type or your likes and your dislikes or your style of learning or your level of education or anything like that. Now, I think I probably mentioned that I really enjoy studying and I can sit down um, I do a show every uh, day of the week where I have to do some study and I can sit down and I can just spend a couple hours, two, three hours working on study from the Bible. And uh, it's something I enjoy. It's, it's one of my likes, not my dislikes. I like to read through the passage. I like to look up the words. I like to get some background information. I like to look at the history of it. I want to find out what the phrases mean. Uh, and I, I do that, and, and I don't have any trouble with it. Uh, other people have told me, uh, this doesn't, I don't really relate to this very much, but other people tell me they just have a, the most difficult time in the world doing that. They, they, don't, they can't concentrate. They can't pay, pay attention. They can't stick with it. It's difficult. Everything is a hardship. Well, I understand the differences in personality. I understand the differences in likes and dislikes. And I understand that people learn differently. And sometimes you have to uh, do different things based on, based on that, based on your personality and how you learn. I understand that. But here's what I, um, here's what I think is really important about the idea of study. And all the way along, I hope we've been uh, pointing you to this, but tonight it's really, it's really a key thing, and that is our our study should be based upon something else, not just what we like and dislike. It it would be easy for us to be personality driven in life. What we should be driven, in, at least on study, should be our relationship with Christ and how our relationship with Christ is strengthened and increased and helped and, and altered based on the study that we do. It should be based upon, again, something else, not just, not just those uh, things that are built in to who we are, but it should be based on what we know about the value of Scripture. Right? We've talked about that a lot. What do we know about the value of Scripture? And that's, that's what should keep us going back to it. It should also be, um, we'll, we'll learn this in our passage of the evening, but, but it should be based on what we know about the world. You know, a lot of times our, our scripture study is when we look at it, it tells us so much about the world we live in and about how we should relate to the world and how we should make choices in the world and what we should do, and, and how we should think about the world. But not only about what we know about the world, about what our mission is in the world. Because we do have a mission in the world. So I know it would be, I could go through 10 weeks on study, and somebody could still say, you know, it's not really my personality to sit down and do a lot of study in the Bible. I just don't, it's... It's not the way, it's not my learning style, you know. I can't just sit there and read and, and look things up and spend all that time. I would urge you to still do it for these reasons, because of your relationship with Christ, because of what you know about the value of Scripture, 
because of what you know about the world and your mission in it. Okay, so that, that's, just a, that's just a thing to start with. Um, I think it's important. I forgot to put it in the outline, and so I sketched it out a little bit before, before the lesson started because I didn't want to forget to tell you this. Um, but our, our, our topic tonight is really going to point us to these things. So it's our final lesson. Um, we've had 10. This one is called Learn to Study, uh, Study and Commitment. This is what we've addressed before. We've talked about study and theology. We've asked the question there, why is study important? That's a question that kind of relates to what I was talking about. We need to know why study is important in order to do it. Study and growth. The question we had there, what can study do for me? Right? We talked a lot about on that day, uh, whether that's a selfish question, what can study do for me? It, and we assured ourselves, the scripture, I think, assured us that that's not a selfish question. It's anything but, because it does for us exactly what God wants it to do for us. And so while it is for us, it's exactly what God wants for us. It's not a selfish thing. Study and discipleship. And we asked, where does study fit into my relationship with Christ? Because, you know, we talk a lot about um, Christianity not being something about um, just obeying rules and obeying laws. And that's certainly good for us to do. But, you know, study does fit into your relationship with Christ. It's a very important part of it, actually. And then we talked about study and education. And we asked the question there, what can I learn from study? You know, so many things that we, we got into on that day of what we can learn. Study and fellowship then. We answered, who else should be involved with my study? Really important that the local church around us is involved with our study. Sometimes it's in the matter of, of correcting us when we get off course with, with something. Sometimes it's in the matter of, of uh, just helping us to understand something. Uh, sometimes it's us understanding something so we can help someone else. There's all kinds of things that go into study and fellowship. And then we talked about study and trial. And the question there was, how does study help in difficulty? That was a really important one because there's going to be a lot of difficulty. In fact, today, when we're looking at our passage of the day, there's, it's going to talk a lot about difficulty that we could be facing. Uh, then we talked about study and affections. Can study change what I want? Really important question because sometimes we, we, uh, we have desires. I'm not talking about our, our greater desires that we often have because as a believer in Christ with the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, um, you are probably somewhat similar to Paul who, who says, I want to do right, but I don't do right sometimes. And I'm talking about going through your day actually wanting to do right through that day and for your next choice to be a choice to do right. Can study um, change what I want? I think we answered that in the affirmative on that night. Uh, study and convictions was one of our most recent. 
Will study help with gray areas? And we talked about the fact that there are some places in life where scripture doesn't give us an absolute black and white answer that just solves the entire problem for us. But yet the scripture does give us principles to live by, does give us certain understandings, things we can grab onto that help us to make a decision when a decision needs to be made in a gray area. And then just the last study that we did was on study and ministry. And we asked, how can I use my study to reach others? How can I use my study to reach others? That's a fairly obvious answer to that question because in in many of those previous lessons, we talked about um, the Great Commission and how that we're to to teach others and how others are to teach us and and all kinds of things. So that one was was an easy one to find the answer to. And then finally today, study and commitment. And here's our question today. It's a really important one because if we're talking about study being important on all these different levels, nine weeks previous, this is an important question. Am I disciplined enough to study? Am I disciplined enough to study? Well, I think we're asking this because certain passages of Scripture exist. Here's what I mean by this. Um, Have you ever noticed when places in the Psalms and the Proverbs to start with or other places in the New Testament are talking about the Bible, they often mention phrases like this, um, that you, you meditate in the Scriptures day and night. One of them that I thought about immediately, and I especially thought about it because it was a scripture that was given to someone who was going into uh, a difficult time in life. I shouldn't say a difficult time. It's a, uh, it's a time that will have difficulty attached to it, but it's a great time of, of, uh, of rejoicing too. That's Joshua and Joshua 1.8. Here, here's what I mean. In the passage that I want to read in Joshua 1.8, Joshua, who's the leader of Israel, is making himself ready to take on a special mission. It's really the mission of his life, which is to take God's people into the promised land. And so he's facing something that's going to have some difficulty attached to it and involved with it, but... It's a great time of rejoicing, too, because the promise of God that came long before to his father Abraham, to Israel's father Abraham, was going to be fulfilled when he took Israel into the promised land. And so this is the passage that I want you to look at, because it's passages like this that prompt the question. Here's what it says in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Let me just stop for a second because I want to tell you why I mean it's verses like this that prompt the question, am I disciplined enough to study? So he says, study day and night, meditate on what the scripture says Day and night. And then 
He says, do so that you can learn and that you can obey everything that is written therein. Okay, this is looking like kind of a comprehensive situation here. Do it day and night and then observe everything that's in there. Do I have the kind of commitment that I need to do that? For then it says, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now, you might be saying, I said as I read this, okay, I understand this being told to Joshua, right? I, I get I get the fact that this is said to Joshua because Joshua has this mission before him to take the children of Israel into the promised land. I mean, he's got a big job ahead of him. You know, of course, he really needs to stay close to God. He really needs to stay close to God's word. He really needs to focus and be really obedient at this time. It's really important that he do that. The problem is this kind of thing is reiterated in the New Testament. Just this kind of thing. Because I'll tell you what, we have a commission that is given to us. And uh, the job of Joshua's lifetime was to take the children of Israel here into the promised land. The job of our lifetime is to be a participant in, an active participant in the Great Commission. And we have a job that's set before us. And so we have a similar day and night commitment that is needed to the word of God. Because we know based on a bunch of the previous lessons that we mentioned tonight, we know that success is not going to be possible without it. If we go back to the first passage that we addressed in all of this time together, uh, it was a passage in John chapter 17 where where Jesus said, you're going to sanctify them. That set them apart in a very special way for my ministry. And the way you're going to do that is through thy truth. And he said, thy word is truth. So we have this similar day and night commitment to the word of God that we need. But how can we maintain this kind of commitment? like Joshua maintained that commitment. That's that day and night meditation that's combined with action. Day and night meditation that's combined with action. Because here's what he said, stay in it day and night, and then do that so you can observe to do all that is written therein. I could give you my whole study on Joshua chapter 1 that I've done many times about how it said that... uh, Joshua needed courage, but it didn't say that Joshua needed courage to go and engage in this military conflict from uh, city to city that he would encounter in the promised land. It didn't say that's why he needed the courage. It said that he needed the courage so that he could do what God commanded him to do. And that's an interesting distinction. He needs courage to actually take action that's consistent with what God wants. You know, that's why we need courage. We'll encounter all kinds of things, but we're going to have to have courage to be obedient. There's a passage in 2 Timothy 
It's the passage I told you to turn to earlier, chapter 3, that's, I think, going to help us. The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy in this passage, and he calls Timothy his son in the faith. And he says that Timothy knows the way which he, which Paul, believes, and he knows the way that Paul lives. And Timothy also knows the trials that Paul has faced. This is in the passage we'll be reading. They've been significant trials that Paul has faced. But God has done something in those trials. He's granted deliverance, and he's granted deliverance all along the way. And then Paul lets Timothy know something, and he lets us know something in the passage. He lets us know that encountering these kind of trials is not unusual. And it won't be unusual in the future for Timothy. The fact is, he says, that anyone that lives in a godly manner will face persecution. And sometimes the manner of persecution that he faced. And he reminds Timothy of something else. He reminds him that things are getting worse, not getting better. But he encourages him by providing some key instructions. What are those instructions? They're to follow closely to the teaching of scriptures and to look to the scriptures for his, for Timothy's, rule of faith and practice. So, Joshua was ready to face some difficulties when God's instructions came to him, and he was going to need the scriptures. Not just the words of scripture, by the way, but the character development that would come from obeying the scriptures. And Timothy was in a, a somewhat similar place. Although they were, they were different in, in nature, Joshua was going to have to go to battle in some cases in what he was doing. Timothy was going to go to battle as well, but it was going to be more of a spiritual battle. And so there are some components of the passage that is in Joshua and some components of the passage that's in 2 Timothy that are going to help us find a way to make the kind of commitment that we need to make to study. Second Timothy chapter 3, let's go to verses 10 and 11. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. Paul's talking about some things that he has shown in the midst of these difficulties and trials that he's faced. And he says, Timothy has been able to see this. He's been an example for him. Verse 11, persecutions, afflictions, which came to be at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. 
So this is how we're starting. Paul saying to Timothy, here is what you have seen of me. Now, in the Christian life, it's always good to have a faithful example. Always good. I mention this and I bring this up um, quite often when I think about this. I remember the time when I, I really specifically tuned in to having an example. Is when we had children. And I, uh, we read some books about raising children. But some of them were a waste of time. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. They can give you instructions about how to deal with children. They say, look, just follow this instruction. Just follow this instruction. This is what worked for us. This is what worked for all these people we know. And he'll say, I remember telling Deborah one night, I have followed the instructions like a Pharisee. I mean, I'm telling you, I followed every instruction. I did not helping. It's not working. And at some point, I realized information wasn't going to be the key factor, the information in the book. And I remember watching some other parents, and I watched how they spoke, how they acted, how they reacted, the things that they were doing, the example that they were setting. And I, I looked and I said, that actually must be how you do it. Now, I'm not saying that I copied everything that they did. What it did is it, it gave me something real. It said, I can actually see the look on their face when they're doing that. I can see the, the words that they're using and I can sort of understand why they're beginning to use those words. And, and I can see the things that they're thinking about so that when a situation of bad behavior, a lot of times with kids, it's bad behavior, so that when a, a situation comes up with bad behavior, they've already thought through what they're going to do, right? They've, got a, they've made a decision about already, if this happens, here's how we're going to handle this. And I remember thinking, ah, this is what I needed. What I needed was not the information. I needed an example. Does anybody understand what I'm saying on that? Sometimes you need to look at somebody and see them do something in order for you to understand the instruction. And that's exactly what happened. In the Christian life, it's so important sometimes, not every single time, Sometimes we don't have the benefit of having an example of something. So don't get it in your head that you're always going to have a perfect example of something. But it's such a benefit to have a faithful example. I mean, it's a person or it's people you can look to as a model of godliness. And that when they make a choice, you can understand that it will maybe bring to mind something for you that the scripture says. And you say, ah, I think that's what the scripture was talking about, to have that sort of an attitude, to enter into a situation in that way. It's really important to have a person to look to, a model of godliness. Now, we're always supposed to be looking to Jesus, first and foremost, as our example. But he intends for his people to help others in the body and to disciple others in the body as well. And so Paul was an example to Timothy. Can I start this way? I might have something later in the outline about it, but can I just say this? 
have an example for study. Have an example for that. It's just one of the ways that can help you to have the kind of commitment you need to have to study. Paul's doctrine, the way in which he lived, his purpose, his behavior, his disposition, they all, according to him in this passage, represented Christ in the right way. But that did not mean because he was doing the right things, Paul was doing the right things, that life was easy for him. Quite the contrary. It said in this passage, even, he faced, and he faced at that time, and he, he was facing, even as writing this, fierce persecution. That's actually a, a prominent, maybe the most prominent key subplot to Paul's life. We recognize his great ministry to others, but the subplot is always the persecution that he's facing all the time. And so we need an example for that too. And wherever he went, the great thing about it is he said he was an example in this. Not only could Timothy see in it the way he reacted, Paul reacted to the persecution, but he could also see through it the faithfulness of God. And he was seeing that because God had protected and delivered and helped Paul throughout the course of it. And he had given him the means to endure through persecution. And so if we desire a commitment to scripture and a commitment to obedience, because that's what we're saying we need, an example is really helpful. Verse 12. I'll tell you why I'm saying this as we get to the next verses, because um, Paul is going to come to the scriptures not long from now. 2 Timothy 3.12 is our next verse. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So Paul is not the only one. And if Timothy is to follow his example, if we are to follow his example, as he follows Christ's example, then we, like Timothy, are going to face persecution. And at times when it becomes clear that this will be the case, we are going to need the comfort and the clarity of the truth, which is only found in the Bible. What's more, 2 Timothy 3.13, Paul says this, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So those who are reading this, whether it was in Timothy's day or whether it's in our day, those reading it that are hoping for some sort of a reprieve should think again. Evil men are getting worse and those who deceive others are getting worse. They continue to deceive and often they're having greater and greater success in their deception. The battles may be hotter. The troubled waters may be deeper. 
the persecutions could get greater in number. We, we have a perspective on persecution that, that is unique in world history. I don't know if you know this. Those of us who live in countries who have a, a certain amount of protection against the kind of persecution that Timothy didn't have protection against. And as we look toward the future, what Paul is saying to Timothy, what he's saying to us, is that uh, there's going to be a greater number of these difficulties and hardships. But when we fight against whatever seducing spirits there are and whatever deception that's coming, we can fight against it with truth alone. That means we must know the truth because we have to know the truth in order to recognize the lie. Did you notice what it said? There's seducers that are waxing worse and worse. They're deceiving and being deceived. There's a lot of lies out there. So we have to know the truth to recognize it. Something we, the truth is something we will have had to embrace with our hearts. We need to be eager to teach ourselves and to teach others what God's word says. We need to live what God's word says. And we need to be an example to others, like Paul was an example to Timothy here. That's where Paul goes in the next two verses. Verses 14 and 15 of 2 Timothy 3. When he says, but continue thou, this is where we get to it all here. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. So we know what we're talking about here the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How then was Timothy? How then are we to proceed? If we're going to acknowledge the idea that, as Paul says, that persecution comes to everyone who's godly, and all they that live in godly in Christ Jesus, are going to suffer persecution, and that the seducers are, are waxing worse and worse. They're deceiving and they're being deceived, and, and it's only going to continue. If that is the case, how do we proceed? Well, by holding fast to the things that we have learned. We know the things that Timothy learned from a child. You've known the Holy Scriptures. And they made you wise unto salvation, and they've, they've brought you to this place where you knew that the way was faith in Jesus Christ. And the implication is the same for believers today. You know that implication that came to us when we looked at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, and we saw that Joshua was facing this time of difficulty in his future, not all difficulty because there's this great victory in, in knowing that he's taking the people into the promised land, but there's going to be some challenges with it. You can start reading and you'll see the challenges just on the second city they encounter in AI. So he, he faced some challenges. And then we see here where T uh, Paul says to Timothy, there's some things that you're going to face. There are some hard things. They're, they're coming down the road. 
You can have joy in understanding that you have a relationship with Christ, but there's still some things you're going to have to face. Face them embracing and holding on to the scriptures that you have been taught. And, and Joshua was told, meditate in them day and night and observe every single thing that you find in there. So we need to be walking with him, growing in his word and growing as a disciple and as part of a local New Testament church where we can have fellowship and we can have accountability together and we can strengthen ourselves and we can strengthen others also in the scripture because the scriptures are those which testify of the Lord Jesus Christ, who's our savior. It's the scriptures that have taught us of him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's the scriptures that exhort us to continue in him. They tell us over and over how to continue, just like this verse. This is one you could point somebody to. I'm having a hard day. I don't know if I can get through tomorrow. I don't know what I'm facing. Well, let me tell you something. Everyone who's godly in Christ Jesus will face persecution and things are getting worse and worse. But here's what you do. Verse 14 of 2 Timothy 3, continue thou in the things that you've learned and that you've been assured of, knowing of whom you've learned them. Thy word is truth. Those scriptures are they which testify of me, Jesus told us. It's our relationship with him that's going to keep us there. For nothing else, there's no other book, there's nothing else that teaches us who he is and how we ought to, because of who he is, think and act. We have to realize what we have in the Bible. Did you know that it was into this context we have one of our most well-known passages of scripture about the Bible? It's in this context that we find it. Next, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. It's as though he says, now, um, Timothy, you're going to need to hold to the scriptures and let me just remind you exactly what the scriptures are, just in case at any moment you have forgotten this is what we know about the scriptures right here. This is maybe our best summary we have about the scriptures of all the different ways in which they work in our lives. First, they come directly from God. One of the things I learned when I was studying through Galatians is that when uh, Paul is talking to the uh, believers at the church at Galatia, he says to them, we are not speaking just words of men when we came unto you. Because the church at Galatia, they were turning um, to, to some fables, to some things that were not true about the gospel. And he said to them, when we came to you to speak to you, we weren't speaking things that came from men. We were speaking uh, things that came directly from God. And then Paul here says, it's the scriptures that come directly from God. They're God-breathed. Not only that, it says they're profitable. They're profitable because they teach us exactly 
what God wants us to know. Everything that's in here is a thing that God wanted to teach us. Is in here for a reason. All of the things, even the boring things. You know, you may come to something to study and uh, you may say, well, I don't understand why this is in here. I, I know I don't understand why it's in there either. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know. But God put those things in there for a reason. So know that. They're God-breathed. They're profitable. They teach exactly what God wants us to know. And they often do some things. They do some things that aren't comfortable. They do some things that are needed. They reprove us. We so often need that, don't we? They correct us. That is, they get us back on the right track for him. This is what would be happening to Timothy. He would need this too. Get back on the right track. They give us tools that we need to continue on that path. That's the instruction in righteousness. Because it's the scriptures that perfect us. We already talked about Jesus' prayer to his father in John 17, where he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Talked about it so many times in these 10 weeks. They provide us what we need to have victory. That's what we, that's what we want. That's what Paul expressed that he wanted in the New Testament that he wanted to have victory, but he didn't always have it. Well, it's the scriptures that tell us what we need to know to have victory. They give us a, a foundation that enables us to know him. They are they which testify of me. They give us a foundation that we need that enables us to know him and have a successful walk with him. That's what the end of this passage is talking about, that you may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You can actually be successful in doing what God wants for you as far as good works are related, as far as doing righteously is related. You know, this is not unlike Joshua 1.8. It really isn't. It really isn't that different from it because it said, what you need to do is you need to study the scriptures day and night. You need to meditate in the scriptures day and night. That way you can observe to do everything that is in there. And then you can have good success. Very, very similar. The question of the day is, am I disciplined enough to study? You say, well, you have not answered that. Well, I'm not going to answer for you personally, okay? Here's what I would say. Let's start with these things that are in this passage, okay, to find out whether we're disciplined enough to study. Because I think we've proven the point. I mean, we've done 10 weeks on study. If I haven't proven to you, you should study. Come back next time, and I'll do how to study second time or learn to study the second time. I don't know. But why don't we start with these things? Start with having an example. They say, I don't have anyone in my life who's a good example for this. I don't know what to tell you. I think you're wrong. I think you can probably find someone who knows how to study. And can you be your example? You can see them being obedient to what the scripture says. Because that's really the key to it. It's not necessarily that you see them doing their study. 
It's you see them being obedient to what the scripture says. And some study has had to come out of that because the scriptures are what make us perfected. Have an example. I would mention this to you. Understand that trouble is coming. Paul said to Timothy, things are getting worse and worse. There's people deceiving and being deceived. That means all kinds of things, not just for your church, but for your community, for your world. You can see this happening too. Understand that trouble is coming. Know that the scriptures come from and speak of Christ. Remember it said, this is how you learned about Christ, through the scriptures. And this is how you're going to continue walking with Christ, is through the scriptures. Know that they come from him and that they speak of him. Realize what the scriptures are and what they can do. That's what verses 16 and 17 really talked about. A couple of the other uh, verses talked about it as well. But you have to do that. You have to realize what they are, what they can do. And know this. Know that they are designed for you. Did you notice the last verse we read? That the man of God, that's anyone who knows God, may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Know that they're designed for you. Well, do you have a commitment to study? I think if you take these things into account, I think if you, you really concentrate on all this, you will. And here's what else I know. I know that God can empower you to do it, to have a commitment to do it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together. We've, uh, we've talked about study of your word for these 10 weeks. Um, you can really help us with this. Just give us strength to understand and to know and to have confidence that really going to your word and trying to understand things for ourselves is a really important, really key thing for any believer. Help us to look to others that are going to help us. There's no doubt going to be help at church. It's going to be help among other believers. Help us to do that, but help us to know also that a lot of this is left up to us. This is the way we are set apart more and more for you. This was the last prayer that Jesus had for his disciples, that they would just be committed to the truth and be sanctified by it. So help us to understand that this is the way we do it. This is the way we stay close to you. And then... Um, as we're going to face things in life. We don't know what. We don't really know what the future holds. There's enough in the news that gives us pause to think. And uh, so as we do that, help us even in those moments to rely on what your word says and not on whatever fears may come over us or whatever thoughts may distract our minds. And help us to think about what you say about them. And uh, we'll just trust you with how you work in us through our study. In Jesus' name, amen.